0: This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers the toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid. Andy's been out and about, playing games on aeroplanes and finding Chiba wherever he can. Dan finished up God of War, dabbled in Shadowrun Returns and The Escapists 2, and we both fired up No Man's Sky for its triumphant return from the depths of game release hell. California destroys $350 million dues of weed. The healing powers of the dank are coming to the UK in the fall. Nintendo clashes with some upstart Splatoon hackers. The Amsterdam Cannabis Cup happened with delicious results. And plenty of more weed and video game shenanigans on this here variety show. We'll also be settling in for our smoke sesh with our strain and our munchie of the week. So stick around for that because it's going to be a good, good time. I'm your host Andy and with me as always the one the only the cotton-headed ninny muggins dank
1: dan well hey andy oh hey listen we're still cruising on this time-bending slipstream so you know i hope when we come out our loved ones are still alive and uh earth is still as we know it but we have ourselves another especially shortened episode this week well, I'd love to say
0: another, and by the way, welcome folks to the Purple Dungeon Squid. Uh, it's been a little while. It's been a little while, hasn't it, Danny boy? It's been a couple weeks, buddy. It's been a couple weekly weekly
1: woos. Um,
0: boy, uh, we had a failed episode. What was it, two weeks ago?
1: Yeah, it's fun fact for all your, you uh, aspiring podcasters at home, try to avoid podcasting from the inside of a pool. <laughs>
0: So I was uh, I was at a friend a good friend's house um, sitting poolside uh, I was reclined I was in a great mood had a nice nice big old doink rolled up beside me and um, you know was ready to rock and roll we recorded an entire podcast and then I realized that you know recording in a pool room just the echoiest uh, the
1: echo-iest soundscape howl of your imagination. I mean, it, had, it has a certain quality to it. If you're going for, like, broadcasting from inside a well, like, nailed it. Got it in one. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly, exactly. Dan and I uh, have, have missed each other sorely. Um, and here we are back recording a podcast. And yet, all is not completely right in the world because I'm podcasting from inside of a hotel room in Vegas, which is, I have to tell you, not the most ideal
1: scenario of all time, Dan. It's not you- the best. You've been like a pretty good MacGyver making this one happen. Uh, Tell the the folks at home, uh, what is your mic currently sitting
0: in? So I I couldn't, so um, you know, I've just, I've been traveling a lot guys and we've been wanting to get this podcast together. So it was either wait another week or just hell with it. Let's let's get it done. And I'm currently sitting in my hotel room. I have my mic stuffed into my shoe, which I've been wearing for about eight hours today at a trade show. The odor is not pleasant. (laughs) not that good and then the shoe is stuffed into a, one of those little ice buckets that they use for, for for plucking ice into your into your wine no no one puts ice in their wine
1: i don't <laughs> know. you're doing great and andy um what the grown-ups do when they have uh white wine or champagne is they put that champagne bottle into the bucket yeah, well, yeah. that's cool. Now, this, this whole rigging the, uh, the shoe into the bucket serves two purposes. Number one, it's holding your mic. And number two, it's going to keep you wide awake as those, <laughs> as those uh, smelling salt type fumes are wafting <laughs> into your face. Yeah, or, or knock me straight out.
0: You know, um, I don't have any issues keeping awake because I have my amazing hotel brewed coffee here. Uh, hey. Just, just, yeah, brewed myself up a nice cup. Planet Hollywood's finest. Um, I believe the brand is Estate Blend. Nothing else, oh, just Estate wh- Blend. Yeah.
1: It's
0: oh, part the of Estab- the Rainforest Alliance.
1: It's With, not very what good. Pic- what particular estate? It's very non-specific. It's so general. No one wanted to claim it for their estate. It's just some estate. <laughs> it's someone's estate. Now, here's <laughs> something interesting ride. about the coffee in... Uh, Las Vegas hotel rooms, it's actually ground-up old casino carpet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what,
0: man? I, I'm tempted to laugh, but it's the bitter laughter of recognition because the, the, the taste is very much like the time that I passed out at the blackjack table and left left myself uh, waking with my tongue on the carpet.
1: It, it feels like the mouth flavor is the feeling and taste um, after you've had major dental surgery. <laughs> sure. And it's kind of thick, too.
0: It's like, and like, I'm, I'm like, listen, if you haven't been to Vegas before, it's a wonderful place where everybody's trying to monetize you always. And so I'm convinced that the, the hotel water, um, is made extra thick and extra stinky so that you'll buy the $8 bottle of Fiji, Fiji water in your room. And so this particular blend of coffee is brewed, not only with subpar beans, but also with extra stinky Vegas water. Oh no.
1: Now, it's where does the water upsetting. from Las Vegas come from? Because it is a desert. Right. Uh, boy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, buddy. I think, uh, yeah, you got me there. You got me there. But Geological yes, anyway. engineers and city planners of Las Vegas. Get at us.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's there's no shortage of um, there's no shortage of stripper poles in this town. It's probably probably they ring out the towels at the end of the day right into the c- the city's main line, and that's what we're all drinking, friends. Andy, you're bumming me out right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's real gross, real yucky, super yucky, um, boy. Well, anyway, if you haven't uh, if you haven't been <laughs> had the ple- pleasure of tuning into the uh, the Purple Dungeon Squid podcast before, guys, this here is a podcast about what is it about again, Dan? Uh, it's the weed and the video games, my friend. Weed and video games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what? Um, d- d- for, all my, for all my complaints about Vegas and its disgusting sweat water, uh, it is a wonderful place to love both weed and video games. Um, actually, I was walking through the trade show today. It's a big general merchandise show and got myself a photo of me and a, a, life-sized, uh, a life-sized plastic bust of Kratos, which was kind of neat. Really? now uh just like shoulders up or what are we talking here sorry not a bust a bust is a shoulder. you're you're right no it's a full full size like life size model he's holding an axe i imagine he's saying something along the lines of get over here boy something like Uh, that
1: yeah less southern more greek god uh he's he's a little bit more uh mono that's like kratos's uh fat barbecue come here boy (laughs) like
0: a little bit like your ribs yeah. hundred <laughs> um, percent. <laughs> uh, well we have a franchise concept. Yeah. So, um, I got to tell you, man, I'm really bummed out and I have to share with you my, my little bit of bumming, bumming outing this. I've, I've, I've taken two plane rides. Actually I've taken four plane rides in the last eight days. And, um, on two of those plane rides, uh, my handheld device, which I had earmarked those two rides specifically for some time. Cause I had some other stuff to do on the other two. Um, they died. They died on me within like five minutes of booting them up. One of them was a switch. One of them was my, uh, was my PS Vita. And I've had so much less because these are five hour flights, so much less time with my video gaming than, than I imagined I would. And it's just, it's left a little bit of a stain on my soul, you know?
1: Yeah. You're locked in for the duration of, you know, uh, a cabin ride through the sky and You're expecting to go on the bleep bloops on your handhelds. In fact, you brought two. You had a backup, and what you found yourself doing is paging through the in-flight magazine and quietly wishing for death. Yeah. Listen, you've reached
0: rock bottom when you're you're deliberating between buying a duty-free bottle of hand sanitizer uh, and uh, a pistol from an export company in
1: Texas. Oh, man. Uh, I got to ask you a question. Did you stoop so low did things get so dire to, that you almost started a conversation with the person next to you no no
0: no 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 no. we don't know that's that's out of the question um but yeah <laughs> good lord no <laughs> good lord no certainly not but i'm actually i've got a have got a real genuine purpose here in las vegas so the video game component uh, is going to come in the form of a couple couple rummages around there's a couple off the strip spots um, where uh, there's some reputed, some really well-reviewed video or secondhand video game stores. So I'm hoping to find myself. I'm looking for two specific titles. One of which I actually picked up yesterday. Really pumped about it. So you'll you'll recall, Dan, that I picked up a PS2 a couple a couple weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really been jamming around on that guy. It's a PS2 Slim. I got a ton of great games for it. Um, and. The one of the one of the grail titles I'm looking for is champions of norath. I don't know. Do you recall? Do you recall that title from uh,
1: back in your ps2 game days? Yeah, it's like a top-down hack and slash. Yeah
0: Yeah, it's a co-op action RPG to be super specific um, And it's set in the world of EverQuest, but that's pretty much irrelevant because uh, it's mostly just you know one of those It's very Diablo esque right? Yeah, it's uh, you know It's a game of creating a character and, and generally you're gonna want to be playing it couch co-op Which is my favorite mode of playing those um, and, you know, touring around through myriad dungeons and, and whatever, grinding your way through endless swathes of en- enemies and picking up weapons and having fun that way. And, you know, I, I can only find this. I can't find this title for any less than $50 online, which is kind of blowing my mind a bit. But apparently this game is to this day still holding its value. And I can tell you why. Dude, there has not been a solid console co-op action RPG with the exception of uh, Diablo 3. Like, since the PS2, it's kind of, kind of weirding me out a bit. Basically, it's Champions of Norath and Baldur's Gate, and that's the other title that I'm looking for, both of which are action RPGs, you sit down with a friend, you chow through some, you know, hordes of enemies, and you pick up some loot. Is it, like, it's kind of a mindfuck that Diablo 3 is, like, the only title that fits the bill uh, on current-gen
1: consoles, right? They kind of cornered the market, on that experience and did it really well. That there just there wasn't any other contenders. And I, it is kind of it is kind of strange. And it's it's a dying breed. The we we did get a gauntlet, right? We got a gauntlet release no. for PS Four. I think we did.
0: I don't think so, man. I don't think there's been a gauntlet release for a really long time.
1: Isn't is gauntlet not PS Four? I
0: I couldn't tell you. I know. Pa- so the only exception here is Microsoft has Path of Exile. Um, right. So that's on Xbox as well as PC. And and POE is reviewed really well. It's like the Diablo alternative for people who don't want to play Diablo. So I get it. I get that there's two strong contenders in that space. But for me, like, d- d- I don't know. What do you think? Is it is it people aren't that interested in couch co-op anymore? Is it Just that this the specific pendulum kind of game? With
1: the, with the technology hump, the pendulum sort of swung into, uh, you know, networked gameplay you know over over the old slice. um you know and i think it some of that has to do with like the age the average age of the the center market for for gamers a lot of uh gamers are kind of coming into our age group when we've aged into you know it's much rarer that we'll have two or three buddies or four buddies over you know regularly so it's, it, It just happens to be that it's you know more convenient over distance but there's there's something unmistakably fun about the arcade feel of a game like this and a coach co-op like this yeah a thousand
0: percent so just kind of looking into it a little further um the only other title of note that i can really dredge up is marvel ultimate alliance i haven't played that game although i know it's out for vita so i might give it a go but um yeah, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is, is kind of like a, an action RPG in the same vein. Obviously, you're not picking up loot, et cetera. You're leveling up you know, your, your, your prescribed superhero. But yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like there's, this is kind of a miss, right? Because I know for me, yeah, sure, I don't, I don't typically tend to have the same level of buddies over to, you know, to play uh, couch co-op often. But like this is, a, this is a no-brainer spouse play right here. Like I can get my wife to play almost anything for a little while. She's by no means an action RPG gamer. But she'll play a hack and slash with me sitting on the couch, unwinding with some non-iced wine <laughs> <Right>? and uh, <laughs> just, just kind of enjoying a bit of that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I feel like uh, I feel like the time is ripe for a
1: co-op top down action RPG revival. I think you're I think you're right. Um, you know, uh, Gauntlet Slayer Edition is out for, is on the PS4 came out in 2015 oh. in my words it's uh, it's twenty bucks. You can get it for a cool twenty dollars, and I remember playing it. It's it's pretty good. Is it is it well reviewed? I I have no idea because again, just kind of looking around, I couldn't I didn't find anything about it. Well, there's the highly suspect um, review here on the PlayStation Store that gives it four and a half stars, but I've never seen anything poorly reviewed, so that's always a tough one. Um, it's a tough one. Steam Steam has it at uh, three and a half stars out of or excuse me, 7 out of 10 rating. So it, it seems reasonably reviewed. I played it a bit, and I wasn't wowed, but I also wasn't like, I didn't encounter it like a heaping pile. But it, it clearly right. is a little bit of a discount title. And these top-down uh, four-player things very often are, you know what I mean? They, they, they're they achieved on a smaller budget, quite obviously.
0: Yeah, I get that. I mean, actually, a game that I, I'll i talk about after the cut, but, um, you know... I it's another hack and slash albeit it's a it's a 2d side scroller but uh just for me there's nothing that really captures the feel of enjoying a video game like playing some couch co-op in like a hack and slash setting you know and i I gotta be honest there's there's not that many opportunities to roll couch co-op anymore right first person shooters are are passable but outside of that like you know, you you, come, you you bump up against camera issues, and, and there's just there's not a lot of games you can do really well as couch co-op, um, with the exception of this kind of top-down hack and slasher like a like a Diablo, because you can both just be on the same damn screen, you know.
1: Yeah. Now more than ever before, our TV screens in our homes are large enough. You know, to really facilitate this, I don't know if you remember, like, <laughs> squinting at oh, your yeah. your little corner of the screen in GoldenEye on like uh, the biggest TV you'd ever seen at the time, which was like a massive forty-two or thirty-two inches. Like, I, yeah, I yeah, think actually, you know, it was like a a thirty-plus inch incher. But you know, it's not it's not uncommon to see a sixty-inch in most people's living rooms.
0: No, for sure. It's so funny. I actually remember the first time I ever played on like a, a first-person shooter. Um, it wasn't co-op; it was versus. But having a segmented screen on like a massive screen, it was Red Faction, and I w- we were over at a friend's house, um, and we had taken over the PS2 and plugged it into their. I think they had like a like an obnoxiously large screen, like sixty plus inches for sure. And this was about fifteen, yeah, fifteen years ago. So it was a pretty big one. And uh, I just remember being so wowed at the ability to actually see the full screen at the same resolution as pretty much my TV at home. It was exceptional. Now, it was also a hell of a lot easier to screen watch someone else and put a rocket in the back of their head. But hey, that was all part of the fun.
1: That's part of the game, yeah. I, I recall similar situation where... We had brought a, a PlayStation to somebody's house because they had a an amazing TV, or maybe it was the it was a sixty four because we were trying to play Goldeneye, and it was you know the guy that had the laser his dad had a laser disc and you know those giant discs were the size of uh, a record player disc, and uh, right. we we went to make this thing happen. And uh, his dad was like, no, I heard that uh, video games can damage the TV, so we won't be doing that. I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this that's to me? That's incredible. Isn't that great? That's
0: incredible. Oh, yeah. Some some, some, like, some douche at Best Buy gave him a throwaway answer. Or maybe just wanted to fuck with his kid. Who knows?
1: Yeah. He's like, I sense some joy approaching here. I'll just, uh, I'll just cut that down and we'll move on.
0: And that's what happens when you take your retail salespeople off commission.
1: That's right. Just there you go. Spreading around yeah. the lies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually got some just before we jump, because uh, again, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little fast track episode here um, for for obvious reasons. But uh, I, I just wanted to tell you about a little piece of swag I got from this trade show. Ooh, so these are yeah. these are called they're called terpene candies. So they're like totally legal for sale. You can get them in all fifty states and in Canada and whatever. Um, and basically, what they are is the terpenes of cannabis, right? But there's no THC, there's no CBD, there's no there's no cannabinoids in them, um, and they come in three flavors. I don't have them in front of me, but I tried one earlier today, and also uh, previously, I've tried with with weed. Uh, and basically, the idea is you get, for example, uh, one of these candies. I believe is is really. Uh, has a lot of myrcene in it, for example, right? And so mm-hmm. you'll match it up. You'll match it up with your strain that 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 has a pronounced myrcene profile, which is of course a, a common terpene. And it enhances not only the flavor of the cannabis. So you'll go ahead and puff your joint or or you know hit your bowl or whatever. Pop one of these lozenges in your mouth, and uh, you know, and 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 it'll enhance the flavor as well as enhance the effects of the cannabis. Which is kind of blowing my mind a bit, but there's, there's something to be said for the terpenes as, I don't know, the science behind it. The terpenes that deliver the, uh, you know, the THC into the receptors in your endocannabinoid system, whatever the hell. Long story short, it'll get you higher, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> it's a really cool product. Uh, and it also makes the cannabis taste amazing, like the aftertaste in your mouth. So um, I will bring back some to Canada, and you can try them out, buddy. I'd, I'd be curious to see what you think. Oh,
1: fascinating. I, I've never heard of that
0: yeah, neither had I It's like they're the only guys doing it. They're really cool guys too. I'll have to plug their product. I don't have the, the box in front of me. I want to I wanna read it proper.
1: but um, we'll we'll take some take some shots and put them up on the Instagram also. I'm always highly skeptical when I hear any kind of like blank do blank and it'll get you higher. like uh, I, I believe uh, in the old days it was you know someone told me you know coughing makes you higher, and I'm like, uh, Yeah, that's uh, not a doubt, thing. D- doubtful, or like you know I believe, I believe in high school we. All thought, uh, you know, holding it in as long as you can. You know, that was that was the, the real the real move of choice. But all myths, my friend, all myths.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about terpenes though, and and their impact on the endocannabinoid system, um, you know, you've got uh, you've got, for example uh, the pepper conversation, which we've had many times, which yeah. I believe it's again, I, I, this is like bro science guys. So like, you know, disclaimer, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's the pepper like chewing ground black pepper, uh, interferes with those receptors and there's a terpene thing involved, whatever. Same thing with mango. If you eat mango, you actually will experience cannabis or THC in a much more intense, intense way. So, um, there's, there's no doubt like, yeah, there's plenty of research I'm sure to be done on how all this impacts your brain, but it's it's definitely a real thing.
1: Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, we'll have to God take this, this coffee for is test so draft. awful.
0: It's so bad. It's really bad.
1: I'm it's oh. funny. I'm I'm drinking some of my favorite coffee, um freshly ground and well, because you are talking God, about man. I know it's rough. Uh because you're talking about bad coffee, you're almost tricking my brain into thinking my coffee's bad. Well, misery does love company, doesn't it? And uh <laughs> Twinkies. Uh what? Cranky? No, no, Twinkies. Twinkies. Misery loves Twinkies cuz Twinkies are just You know what? Good, Let me you tell know? you, Twinkies are just
0: delicious, just amazing. Good, and yeah. I have to take my hat off here to the United States of America. You guys have some fucking awesome snacks. Just the best snacks. You walk into a snack shop here, 7-Eleven, it's like it's it's a smorgasbord of Of you know uh, high fructose corn syrup Salt and fat laden foods Like you've never had access to in Canada I'm convinced that our distribution channels For snack foods in Canada Are probably like one sixteenth of the size Of the variety that you can get In a convenience store down here Like we have cheesies To give you an example We've got cheesies You can have puffy Or you can have crunchy And if you're really lucky They'll have the flame and hot Right Here you got like Cool ranch You got like you know zingy spicy zesty uh god knows there's like 60 flavors of cheesies here you walk into a 7-eleven and it's not am i getting cheesies or chips it's like what freaking strain of cheesy am i getting today <laughs> you know it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing
1: there's something about salt and vinegar cheesies that just seems wrong though yeah well, I'll like until it tell you feels try like it. a long way to go for salt and vinegar right right
0: well I don't know, man. You pop a salt and vinegar cheesy in your mouth, and you hear the the proud American anthem in the background. Home of the varietal, and your stomach, your your, your sorry, your mouth just goes, "What?
1: What's happening? What? What's this what unique flavor done?
0: experience?" Yeah. One last little little plug for American snack food. They have something here called Choco Tacos. You ever heard of Choco
1: Tacos? I have heard of Choco Tacos. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like a cookieish taco with ice cream in it, like dipped in chocolate. It's just. Just a magical thing. The ultimate post-Smoke Munchie, I will say. Ooh, you're making my mouth water. Making it water. Well, I think it's about time we talk about our sponsors, Dan. I want to say um, this episode, as every episode of Purple Dungeon Squid, episode number 26 is brought to you by our dear old friends. The reason for our existence. Weeden Video Games. Weeden Video Games, thank you. Thank you for being there for us. Also brought to you
1: by Stain Resistant Snake Pants. Stain-resistant snake pants made by snakes, for snakes, out of snakes. Wow. Brought to you by
0: Nearsighted Knife Jugglers.
1: You can tell because
0: of all the deep gashes. There you go. Brought to you by Hotel
1: Room Coffee. They could get get cheaper coffee if it was in fact coffee and not just soil mixed up with ground-up Vegas carpets. Hotel Room Coffee hotel room coffee and finally brought to you by overly
0: talkative uber drivers
1: where are you going bro you look like you're ready to party huh huh uh just
0: before we go any further i have to can i recount for you a tale of of uber excellence i think you should Okay. Well we'll we'll rock and roll to our sponsors, but let me let me give you a little sidebar. So uh, I was here, like I said, about a week and a half ago. And by the way, n- never go to Vegas within like eight days of going to Vegas. Just a just a poor it's life choice much. overall. It's too much. Too the, much rash Vegas. Is,
1: the rash isn't even gone yet.
0: Right. So we had this, uh, we had some party going on. It was the last night. We were flying out in the morning. So, of course, we're going to take advantage of Vegas and, you know, had some fun times, drinks in the room. And we were ready to roll out to the old beach club. And we call an Uber, and there's about seven of us. So, an Uber XL, I think is what it's called, one of the big suburbans pulls up. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman inside was a little bit older. You know, like a small, very quiet. And we're at like a we're at like an eleven, just to give you an example. Like we're we're all the way up at an eleven, obnoxious, the whole bit, right? And so we slide into the car and and you know, my rational mind is like, oh, this is gonna go poorly. Like this this poor gentleman is about to encounter some just 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 too much noise. And uh, so we take off and you know, I'm trying to play it a little bit cool, but the guys in the back, they're not playing it cool. They're they're there, they're there to have a good time. And uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, he hands us a tablet and pushes a button on his dash, and the next thing I know, the entire interior of the Suburban has strobe lights going off in multiple colors. And I'm like, what's happening? Suddenly, we're in the party bus, and this this quiet old gentleman is sitting there smiling at me. turns out this tablet... You can pick from a list of songs, any song you like. It's got an internet connection. We go ahead, we're throwing down whatever, some rap anthems, we're we're getting all, all turned up. Next thing you know, he produces himself a microphone. Suddenly it's karaoke in the Uber party van. And of course, we're losing our minds. This is exciting. We're having a great time. And there's that weird moment where like a great song finishes and one of the guys in the back goes, hey, Andy, what do you want to put on? And I, I, of course, I can't think of anything. And then the quietest little voice next to me, this, this little driver goes, okay, Colt 45, Colt 45. <laughs> it was just, it was a wonderful time. Colt 45 and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. If you want to actually sponsor the show.
1: Machine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if you want to
0: actually sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of these very entertaining stories. Ooh, Dan. Danny, Dan, Dan. Well, buddy, have you had a good week? Has it been, a, has it been, has it been some time? Has it been some times for you?
1: Uh, a time it has been. The week's been good. I'm sailing into my gentle summer vacation right now. It's a glorious time where waking up at a t- any particular moment is optional, and I'm sort of just you know uh, making up what I'm up to every day as we go, which is which is joyous. Like I, I'm a guy who's got a lot of schedules, events, and things are happening, and I I got a tight timeline. So to just shift gears, like my my brain keeps telling me something's very very wrong. Uh, you know, I should be showing up to a job or doing a thing. So it's been pretty great. I think everybody can acknowledge uh, what that's like. I think, like they, to can, not I think they call that living the, that's, that's oh, living the dream. That's called living the dream, I believe. It's the dream, my man. Um, however, <laughs> uh, I've, we've gotten into a little bit of a, a wacky situation. Uh, one of our cats has been meowing at the door because I think he's figured out there's more There's more building past our apartment door. And I think he's like, "Why don't you let me in the rest of our house?" Because I don't think the cat can conceive that we don't own the entire environs of the building. Um, you so haven't my, schooled
0: him on the on the on the subtle nuances of real estate and ownership,
1: and yeah, and ho- home ownership. He hasn't quite picked that up yet. And I have been the there's an app for that. I think. And no, it's cat app, catapp dot real estate dot, dot eu. Okay, Um uh, But <laughs> so we had uh, my sweet sweet lady had a, a killer idea. She's like, "Well, why don't?" We start walking the cat. And oh man! Yeah. Full cool Stop.
0: It, what? Uh, you want to repeat that? You want to repeat yeah. that one?
1: Have you ever tried to walk a cat, Andy?
0: No, because cats are not to be walked.
1: Well, you can. Some cats are better than others, and I have to say, uh, we got we got the cat harness, we got the the long long leash, and Dude, I have walked. Gear. I have walked Blue now around the neighborhood a couple times. And it's got it for what it is happening, which is walking a cat. It's going pretty well, but you're right; it is still kind of. Do a you long do this under show. the cover of night? Oh, it's so shameful. I don't know why is it <laughs> shameful. I don't know. Like walking my dog, I'm proud. I'm happy. We're having a good time, and the dog also knows it's being walked. Do you know what I mean? Like it's participating. Sure. He's kind of following your lead, maybe pulling a little bit, but the cat's sort of hunting attached to me by this, like, 20-foot tether and just, like, routinely forgetting that we're doing a thing. So, you right. know, he will, uh, you know, lay down or sniff some things, eat some grass, and then try to run. It, it's it's So far, it's madness, but he seems to really love it. You know, but when my neighbor walks over to me and he's like, you know, he's an older guy, he's a mechanic, he's like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, I am... Walking my cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Buddy, the only people... And like, listen, n- not to shame you. Who knows? Maybe this is what your cat really needed to, to, you know, mature. Maybe, listen, maybe all cats need a walk. But the only people I've ever seen with cats out in public are usually pushing them in strollers. Oh, that's a deep hole, eh? It's, I mean, listen, no disrespect if that's you. Um, I just...
1: Boy, it's a different lifestyle. That's not something I'm into. And it, it starts... It starts innocently enough. First, you're calling the the dog or the cat your your baby. I'm you're calling yourself mama. Fast forward, you know, weeks later, and you're doing this stroller thing, and you're telling people to to say hi to your baby Daisy, and they look in. There's a cat in there. The cat's confused. The person's confused. The cat's like, Can can you save me from what's happening? <laughs> this, I
0: too also refer to myself often as mama.
1: Uh, buddy, I I I have no patience for that. I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not into the whole fur baby community thing that's a dog that's a cat it's not your child everybody relax now that being said I'm also totally wrong about this that so for some people I'm sure it works great uh and I'm gonna keep regret begrud- begrudgingly walking my cat because now he's into it he will he will sit near the door when he wants to get to walk to be walked and he'll meow oh man it's funny how many
0: judgments you and I have served up in this very small conversation. <laughs> it's, it's, judgments, get your judgments, hot what's and fresh. What's great is
1: I can simultaneously judge someone for calling themselves like have a mother-child relationship with their animal at the same time as I'm walking my cat. Like that's That's go. quite a small Venn diagram. Yeah,
0: boy. Really uh really really ho- narrowing in on what it means to be a responsible cat owner. Well done. Danny Danny um, splits some
1: from very narrow hairs on this one. <laughs> Some some very narrow
0: cat hairs for sure, um, dude. Have, oh God! So that gives me some some like nightmare sauce issues. I had a uh, I have a black table at home, and um, my rolling tray was upstairs, and I have a black cat, and I was like a little bit too lazy to go upstairs grab the rolling tray and do a proper job rolling. So I just rolled on the table. Recently, I've uh, I've performed the the Cheech and Chong Labrador scenario of smoking a little bit of black cat hair, and there's a shameful moment where you look into your white rolling paper, you see some beautiful, you know, some beautiful nug crushed up and and sprinkled gingerly across in expert fashion, and there's just a bit of black cat hair. And what do you do, Dan? Do you dismantle the whole operation, or do you go, eh? I I think
1: I I think you try to like pull it out gingerly without upsetting your operation. I I don't. There's no excuse for uh, smoking hair of any kind, and. You know you know when it's happened, like if, if you've dropped weed on the ground and you're, and you're down to like a precious few nugs left and you sort of uh, scrape it up off the floor, you know some dog hair is coming back in and you're going to have to sort of sift it out as best you can. There's, there's no larger bummer than hearing the crackle of failure as the hair ignites inside the bowl, you know, that hair crackling sound. Oh, I know the sound all all too well, uh, or I, I should say, my friend
0: knows that sound because I too did that and carefully picked out the cat hair from the joint. For
1: sure, did that. You got Definitely. it. That's a must. That's a must. Yep. Like, get, like, shameful res, cat hair joint. Respect yourself. You know what I mean? Like, have some self <laughs> respect. You're 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 bigger and and too
0: good to smoke that cat hair. Oh boy. Moving on. So what did you play? uh, What'd you play this past couple weeks, Dan? What's been on your, what's been on your docket?
1: I've been, uh, finishing some old business up. So I went around to my save files that had been orphaned across many games and, 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 went ahead and cracked them off. I, uh, I beat Shadowrun Returns and Shadowrun Hong Kong, and it was the type of thing where these are great games, I really enjoy them, they're tactical, the story is rich. Um, if you're somebody who's into an RPG with a very rich and uh, well-written story, uh, I can't recommend Shadowrun anymore. It's, it's actually shockingly well-written and the characters are interesting and deep. Um, I really enjoy them, but it was one of the things where the save game is like six months old, so I don't remember what's oh, yeah. happening, but I do know that I'm gonna I'm gonna forge ahead and I feel like my my group mates You know in in game are a little bit confused. I'm like So, uh, let's do that thing we're doing and you know, I picked the wrong option in the game You're like they're like you just released great evil on the whole world. I was like, sorry. I forgot. I forgot what we were here to do <laughs> Are we are we yeah. releasing Mephisto? Are we are we destroying him? I I'm sorry. I lost track
0: uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, good for you. Yeah, this is this is a, this is a pertinent question cuz I have no less than two dozen orphaned game files on my uh, my PlayStation that I know I would enjoy that game. I know that there's a story there. I know that it's rich and beautiful and there's a world that I can soak right back into. But the the thought of diving, like I will, The Witcher is the perfect example here. The Witcher 3, no game has been so undeserving of a lack of attention as The Witcher 3. Um, but God, can I ever just, like I log into that game, there's a thousand and one consumables in my inventory one of my swords is like damaged beyond repair and I have to go and find somewhere to repair it. And like, basically what happens ends up happening is I look at my quest log. I talk to four NPCs and try and repair some shit. I get confused looking at my inventory and then it's on to the next game. You know uh, what alt I mean? And, alt and F4. Anyway.
1: Alt,
0: <laughs> alt F4 or, uh, or just, you know, in anger, pull my PS4 off
1: the counter, throw it out the window and go downstairs and watch some Netflix. You need to be able to, and here's, here's the, here's the idea of the podcast Uh, TM, TM, trademark, copyright. You need to be able to leave yourself uh, like a a video message in the game on the last save and it it can be like, uh, what's that uh, total recall? Like a message to yourself. So you come on the screen, let's say you're Arnold Schwarzenegger in this case, you're like, what you're doing is you're gonna go kill that dragon but your soul is broken so go fix that, then kill the dragon. You know, so you know, like a message to yourself from the past so you know what the fuck's going on.
0: That's actually a super good idea. Like just like a quick like record yourself for ten seconds when you when you do a save state and you're shutting down for the night and you're like, all ah, right, I was doing the thing and doing the thing. I know that this is irrelevant because I'm gonna be picking this up again tomorrow, but whatever. But then six months later, when you didn't pick it up tomorrow, you'd you'd be so pumped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know what, I tend to do that save game and ghost right before like a really big decision in the game. So I come back to this pivotal moment and I've like I've I have no supporting information to make a decision. It makes for an interesting experience. As if your your character has sudden amnesia. Right. I'm,
0: I'm kind of there with uh, with Bravely Default because I am um, I, I, I hit a wall against this black dragon. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to kill this black dragon and I kept dying. So I went out and I did some grinding, you know, as you do in JRPGs, got everybody up in level and did that over the period of like, a, you know, a couple days here and there on the train, but then never went and killed the dragon. <laughs> so I just like there's this big question mark. And now there's a mental block between me and slaying this dragon because I don't
1: remember why I'm killing him. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the dragon thing is usually pretty A to B. You're killing the dragon because he's a dragon doing dragon things, and it's important that he stop doing those dragon things. I mean, you're probably right on that front, but Shadowrun sounds
0: delightful, and I do love, love, love that setting. I have not played a Shadowrun game since the Sega Genesis version. Yeah, Uh, I think we've talked about that on an earlier podcast. But that, I mean, the combination between cyberpunk and a little bit of fantasy, and you're playing out your, you know,
1: super hacker fantasy as well at the same time. It's just it's a lovely combination. You know, it's it's a setting that I find extremely interesting, and I've never run a, sh- a Shadowrun campaign, so I've been listening to a live play podcast um, called. Are oh, you uh, talking about tabletop, like like yes. uh, like dice rolling? Yep, that's right. Called Neo Scum, um, that does uh, an in-universe sort of Shadowrun uh, live play, and I'm sort of gearing up to sort of maybe run a Shadowrun campaign after my current campaign wraps up that's in oh, a, a more traditional fantasy setting. Yeah, I just, you know, it's one of those settings you have to you really got to know it to get it right because it's so distinct. Um so this has been a yeah, little I, bit of I a love boot camp. It. I also is it
0: set is this one set in Seattle because I'm pretty sure like all of the the Shadowrun games are kind of headquartered out of Seattle, which I always thought was cool because it's not a not a city that gets a lot of love when it comes to creative
1: output, you know? So one of them is in Seattle, um, one of them is in Hong Kong, and the third one uh, I f- is, in an, is I think, maybe in China. I forget. Um, but right. yeah, I think si- Seattle is one of the hubs there. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's turn-based
0: too, right? It's turn-based uh, action yeah, RPG, when you, it's not action RPG, turn-based RPG?
1: When you jump into combat, it, it goes into turn-based, that's right.
0: And is it, is it fairly linear, or is it kind of like an open-world thing?
1: So the way it works is um, you got your main storyline, and as you go, you can take on side jobs. Um, and being the completionist that I am, I do all those side jobs. Uh, and each has its own sort of uh, backstory and setting. And, um, you know, it, they, they, they've they done a good, good job of keeping it interesting, keeping interesting characters at the forefront. Um, yeah, each of them has just a lot of... Just a lot of um, nuance. You really get the feel of the world that you're in, and and the idea that you're kind of, you're, you, you're, you and the people you associate with on the Shadowrunner level, there are different levels of, you know, influence, and you're kind of at the bottom when you get there. Um,
0: it's so, know, it's you, so funny how, how different, like, um, first or third person RPGs feel from an isometric RPG. It just, I'll give you like, Playing an isometric top top down kind of uh, right click on someone and listen to what they have to say, but they're a sprite on the screen. Just has such a different presence than walking up to someone and talking through a dialogue menu. It's an RPG experience, but it feels totally different. And I have to say, I kind of prefer the isometric RPG. It feels a little bit how can I? It's more compartmentalized, kind of. You know what I mean? You
1: know what I like? It, I can get really quickly turned off. Um, a first-person RPG, when you go into a, a large area, and it's let's say it's the castle in The Witcher. Here's a perfect example. The the castle of Kaer Morden. I'm like, oh, I have to explore this whole castle? This is gonna take forever. This is, like, I don't even want to, but the side of me that can't leave anything behind has to look in every box. Um, you don't get that in the in the third-person top-down because you can just move, you can see everything, for the most part, off the hop and you can move around with more ease because you have this more sort of godlike position you're seeing everything at once so that you can get a sense for the battlefield or or the building quickly and i you know do you don't feel overwhelmed by having to walk around every nook and cranny you know,
0: it's interesting, like, it's, it's an interesting topic because the idea of um, having that more zoomed out view in an RPG means that a lot of the technicalities, because let's be real, if you're playing an RPG, especially a turn-based RPG, generally speaking, you've got, you know, multiple party members to manage, or you, you know, you've got multiple abilities to manage, or there's just, there's layers of complexity there, obviously, to make it a good game. But that can be really disorienting, especially the, um, the the party member thing when you're zoomed in and in that first or, or or third like third person over the shoulder kind of view. Dragon Age Origins is a great example or Dragon Age uh, Inquisition. I have such a hard time coordinating party members in that game cuz you're you know you're you're looking across the battlefield and trying to line your reticle up somewhere to like direct a party member. Mass Effect is the same thing. You know, Mass Effect recently I was beating my head against the wall because even though it's very simple, you, you target, you like point your your reticle somewhere, hit the down arrow and your your party member goes over to defend or whatever that position, it still feels like too much to have to pan your camera around to manage the party and then switch to your abilities and weapons to start killing shit. I just, I I personally have such a easier time
1: easing into a game that's top down or that's isometric, you know? Uh, you, you said it. I, I find it's so disorienting. In fact, that's why Dragon Age didn't get finished is the combat, the idea that I had to control everybody, it just, it it is it was all the, the, the problems of turn-based, which is slow and chunky, and none of the fun things of action, because I just felt like there was a lot of administration to do, trying to tell these characters to do what they needed to do, and where they need to be, and what spell to cast. Um, I quickly kind of uh, set the controller down and backed up, and I can see that it's a very good game. I just couldn't bring myself um, to see it to fruition, like that idea of having to action RPG for different people in the, in the battle, um, you know, what game did that really well. What's that? Far Cry Five, because um, you oh, get really? these, the side uh, sort of your 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 uh, what are they called guns for hire, and you know you can position them where to go with the left or the right directional arrow. Um, so if you just look in an area and press the button, they'll go there, and if you hold it down. Um, uh, they'll follow you, and if you press the arrow while you're looking at something, they can kill. They go kill it. Now, obviously, that's a lot uh, more. There's more simple actions going on. They're not casting globes of darkness or anything like that. But I like that level of, um, you know, control. I'm not controlling that character. I'm just saying, hey, go over do, go over here and do that. And in game, that makes sense. You know, you'd be like, hey, go over there. Don't shoot that guy. Yeah. You know, you're
0: just sort of pointing them in
1: the direction and say, do your thing.
0: For sure. And none of these systems are insurmountable, right? It's just about a a level of accessibility. And, you know, more and more I find myself, especially trying to juggle multiple games because... I think as a gamer now, you kind of do that, right? Like there's so many amazing titles that come out all the time. One minute you're embroiled in Monster Hunter World and you're doing that thing and you're mastering that game and you're playing that every day. And then the next game comes out and you're, you're switching focus and the next game comes out and you're dabbling in that. And it's like it's the ability to jump back into any of those disparate games. The more clunky gameplay systems you have, not clunky in like a bad design way, but in I have to sit here and absorb myself into it for 15 minutes before I get it kind of way, the harder it is to get back into a game, which is why at this point more than ever, I can appreciate a game like a classic top down isometric RPG where I already know how to play that shit. You know, I right click on things. (laughs) That's what happens. Right click, move around, figure
1: out the abilities. God bless. It's the beauty of games like Mario. Mario's always Mario, it's never going to not be Mario, and you can pick it up at any moment. Um, Yeah, there is a little bit of an adjustment phase um, when there's a lot of systems, or the game's very unique.
0: I feel like Breath of the Wild does this really well, too, though, like jumping back into Breath of the Wild is never a chore because the weapons are so like interchangeable. You're constantly shifting between them anyway, and the gameplay is so, so tuned in so tight that when you jump in, like the controls feel intuitive and uh, even traversing that world like it's rich. It's got interesting characters. There's extremely beautiful vistas and locations, but it's not so tied to a central path or to a central way of doing things that you can't get in there, muck around for a while, and then feel totally oriented and ready to you know, start tuning in on the actual uh, main tasks. I, I really love that. You know, Skyrim uh, is kind of opposite to that for me. I don't know what it is because Skyrim is a similar open world game um, and you get in and and you know you can you can certainly just wander the countryside and enjoy using your abilities for some reason in that game I still I still jump in and feel a little overwhelmed and confused when I'm trying to settle back into the shoes of my character it's a kind of nebulous thing I don't know what the difference is mentally for me between getting back into Breath of the Wild and getting back into Skyrim but one I keep coming back to and the other one I jump in for a couple minutes feel a little bit frustrated and, and lost and just and just bounce off you know
1: it'd be interesting um to put in a system in a game that that's that's that big like skyrim being so long in the tooth you can you know uh, it's such an expansive journey that there is a tutorial you can hop into at any point, you know, go into a menu and say like, reteach me how to play this fucking game. (laughs) And it's like, okay, here's how you block and dodge because you know, you'll jump out and jump back and suddenly you don't know what you're doing. Uh, This is something that really gets me. If you're playing, um, similar games that have different control styles like uh uh, like say metal gear 5 and gta they're both shooters um but one has you know uh the shoot is r2 and the other one the shoot is l1 and it takes a while to get your brain remapped to what button shoot is and then you you accidentally cap a bunch of your compadres by accident because you hit the wrong button it's very awkward (laughs) ah yes 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 yes
0: yeah, man. It, anyway, interesting stuff overall. Um, it, it's like it's almost this is like kind of the the the, the code to crack for me right now is. Especially in this last year where we've played, I've played more video games, more variety of video games than I ever have before, right? Just by virtue of the fact that we're constantly talking about new games and new things are coming out and I'm, I'm picking them up so I can talk about them on the podcast. Getting back into those titles that I've enjoyed for a little while and then bounced off of is, is like the code that I'm trying to crack at the moment, because I don't know what it is. You write some notes for yourself. Like, what do you do to just get your your brain back to the spot where you were at after you sunk a couple hours into a game and then meant to return but didn't, you know?
1: Yeah, it's one, one thing that I I would recommend that is very often the move is to start a new game, play through the tutorial and then hop back in your into your saved game. Yeah, that's, that's one option for sure. That's one option for sure. I don't know. I don't know that that's
0: something that I'd ever, it sounds good in, in theory. I don't know if I'd ever actually do that, you know?
1: No. And I uh, mean, it was recommended, recommended to me, um, for no man's Sky to just start a new game and then hop back in my right. life. I didn't do that. And, uh, I think that, that hurt me a little bit on the learning curve. Uh, I think I'm up to speed now though. Yeah.
0: So speaking of No Man's Sky, some pretty big damn news about No Man's Sky. So, you know, if you haven't been following it and uh, who could blame you because this game launched, what, about a year? Is it two two years 2016, ago? 2016, my it, man. Wow. God, time goes quickly, doesn't it? I thought yeah. it was like six months ago. No, that's like two years ago. Uh, no Man's Sky launched two years ago to massive upset, outrage. People were burning shit in the streets and... Lies uh, they
1: screamed, lies.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. and listen, there's all sorts of reasons why that was a very legitimate thing for folks to be mad about. Somehow this team, despite the collective hatred of the gaming community in just about every forum, um, continued plugging along, iterating on the game, adding new things, and all of a sudden, this past week, uh, the latest update, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, version 1.5? Sounds right. Yep, version 1.5 drops, And the internet, like, all together, all at once, is in love with No Man's Sky. Reddit is into it. You know, Reddit's all about it. I see No Man's Sky screenshots all over the place. People are flocking back to the game. There are more concurrent users right now than there have been, like, together in the last six months or something crazy like that. Um, The No Man's Sky... Subreddit has blown up, it's all over Kotaku, it's all over every major gaming publication. People are like going apeshit over No Man's Sky. And to be fair, they've added some extremely cool stuff to it. Uh, but it was kind of surprising, what do you
1: think? Like it's, it's kind, of, kind of wild to see this about-face, no? It, the team sort of promised they're going to continue to working on it and you have to understand that this is not a big development team it's a small one um so the amount like the the patch andy was 10 gigs that's that's the same size as the original game so that's that's how much uh, content they've added in there now uh, i've i've had a mixed experience it's it's so funny because i jump into the game and open up my inventory and look at my gear which, uh, you know, I'd spent 45 hours in the original game sort of uh, upgrading, getting through the story. I I made it to the center of the universe and finished the main storyline. And all the gear that I... All the upgrades that I'd applied um, all said obsolete technology. And everything i had installed (laughs) was gone. And suddenly, you know, I'm shoved back into sort of the alpha stage, the first... The first sort of game mode of of the game where you're doing a lot of, I would say, uh, resource gathering and and gathering blueprints and trying to get the sort of foundation of your technology going. And I was a little bit like, I get it because they've they've rejigged the game. They've they've uh, changed how the upgrades work. They've changed how the the, the core um, resources have been shifted slightly. So they kind of had to do that. But it kind it did bum me out in the sense that you know. I wanted to be in the later tier experience. I wanted to be going for the top ships. I wanted to be, you know, grabbing new top uh technology and I'm kind of sort of shoved back into the more foundational game mode. Um and No Man's Sky it's a little bit deceptive because you you'll say to yourself, "Oh, I'm just going to gather these couple resources and do one mission." And then 4 hours later you're still kind of running around that same place or that same world. It does suck you in. It, which is, it's both a kind of a blessing and a curse. Do you know what I mean? Right.
0: No, I know I know exactly what you mean. I, I've only spent a short time with the game. I just bought it a couple days ago. Uh, now, there's a game I never thought I'd buy at retail. There is a game that I did not think I would own a copy of. And, um, you know, just straight up, the game art is, I forgot about this. I, I remember remarking on it when you first got your copy. But the game art's beautiful like the the actually owning that game in jewel case made me happy cuz that 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 beautiful little warm blue tone turquoisey tone that the whole cover is done in is amazing the actual in-game graphics though are breathtaking and i'm playing on a normal ps4 there's no ps4 pro going on um there's a little bit of weirdness going on with the clouds or whatever but the the game itself especially now that they've added in the third person camera is just a joy to look at and the endless variety of the stars again i know that it can be a little bit weird and fucky at times to put it mildly but it is it is pretty damn attractive especially from the perspective of someone who's just dipping their toes into the water i have not played this game before
1: yeah no it is very pretty although you know i've noticed i've noticed it felt a little bit um underpowered in the graphics department. Uh, You know, I'll I'll see a lot of pop-in, there's a lot of draw distance issues, there'll be like a weird, and I think it's a little bit glitchy, like I'll come down into a planet that's just covered in the, hey, we can't render what's going on around you mist, and it sort of will stick that way for a couple minutes while I'm flying my ship, uh, you know, through the, the, uh, the atmosphere across the planet. And it's kind of a bummer because you know, I know it's a beautiful game, and I'd like it to be able to push through. And I, 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 can't quite figure out why it does that sometimes, and it, it doesn't other times. Maybe I just need to reboot the PlayStation. Uh, you know, sure. give it, give it a little, give it a little rest.
0: Yeah, I, I, so I don't know. I haven't encountered that yet, but admittedly, my playtime has been pretty short. Um, how do you feel about the multiplayer element? So this is what everybody's been waiting for: exploring the cosmos with with a friend, building a base, doing all those those fun kind of co op survival mode things. Have you had any time to
1: to jam out with like uh, with some strangers? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. You can join a random person's game, which I can't think of anything both har- more like heartening or scary randomly matching up with somebody in, you know, in space, uh, you know, a stranger. You don't have
0: to, you don't have to like intentionally join their
1: game though. You can just run across people in the stars, right? So two things. Um, Yes. But your chances of running into somebody in the stars are quite low just because of the expansiveness in the the universe. Although there are some hubs that are sort of appearing in the, in the universe where, uh, you know, uh, communities are forming. Um, You can go on forums and find galactic coordinates and and sort of they have uh, and that's freaking cool
0: let's just be real about it
1: yes it is very that's that's
0: very like emergent eve online kind of shit and that's that's what i want out of a space simulator like this you know i get that elite elite dangerous is the same thing right there's there's limited uh time when you're going to bump up against someone in the vastness of space but from what i understand with no man's sky you can also like you can also actively attack other players, right? So there's, yes. there's like an element of,
1: of PvP there too. You could yeah. pirate some people and stuff like that. or You bet. Uh, yes, you can. And they have they've brought frigates into the game. Um, uh, I've got myself a frigate. And it's, you know, that, the large vessels. Um, and you can start to build a fleet and of multiple frigates and start sending them out on missions and uh you know you can build rooms inside your frigate it's it's quite fascinating i haven't got too far into that part of the game but there's there's definitely some content there to be dug into
0: that's yeah, I mean man, honestly everything I'm hearing sounds awesome. It's exactly what I would want from No Man's Sky I'll be honest with you I don't know what the shortcomings were of the game previously firsthand But I certainly have followed the game pretty closely because it's the kind of game. I like right. It's a sandboxy Sprawling galaxy that you can jump in it's got none of those issues of have hey, forgotten where I'm at because you're always forgetting where you're at It's just an endless galaxy no of matter shit where you explore. go there you are there you go. Um, I'm looking forward to exploring this with you. Um, I, this is this is a game I, I really want to uh, I really want to jam out with you on just, yeah. just to kind of see. So maybe we'll come back with like a a more formal here are our thoughts kind of thing. Um, but this, this to me sounds like an extraordinarily huge step in the right direction. And I'm curious, like they've been able to execute some interesting stuff over the past two years. I know that I've heard, you know, the bases went in and there was some, um, you know, rejigging of the game in general that, that seemed to be moving people into a more positive place. I'm excited to see what like version two looks like of this game or, or a couple more updates look like, uh, cause
1: it seems like they've hit their stride. Yeah, I I said this before to you when it first dropped that this is a great um, sandbox to build a game on top of. The game wasn't there yet. You know, and I, you could see the potential, but that's all it was. It was potential for the most part and, and a little bit grindy. Um, you know, that said, it, it's got so much opportunity to continue to add great stuff and to bolt stuff on. Uh, and I would even, you know... Call it DLC or call it a sequel. I would, I probably sh- shell out 10 to 20 bucks for another content expansion that was similar to this one. And you know, you got to hand it to the devs that they, they make good on their promise that they're going to keep working on the game. And uh, I think in the, the end, this is kind of like, this is a success story.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I can't think of any about face that's pronounced since Final Fantasy 14. I think that's the other probably great case study for a developer coming in and fixing, polishing up a turd of a game. Um, although, admittedly, Final Fantasy 14 was a bit more of an overhaul, I would say. I don't know, though. I mean, this, this, it's, you know, all of your shit's obsolete. So maybe, maybe it's just as much of
1: a, almost a 2.0 as, as Final Fantasy was. Think, speaking of stinkers, um, there was a game that came out. I believe it was called Aliens Colonial Marines. Okay. And, uh, it, It wasn't received very well. Um, It didn't seem like the game was fully baked, Uh, but uh, a coder slash hacker, I forget his name, his handle, but uh, he came, he was going through the code and he noticed that a piece of coding had a spelling mistake in it, uh, where uh, the AI, in the AI section, and it said it didn't spell the word tethering correctly. So he corrected the spelling error and then suddenly all the aliens started tethering correctly to the area that they're deployed and the game works better now. The the AI now behaves really correctly. A spelling mistake.
0: But you have to wonder like if you're releasing a game that is utterly unhinged because you made a spelling error. Boy.
1: Boy. I uh, I mean just, yikes. It's becoming an open secret in the industry that developers um, basically have a crunch time depending on the game that can be months and months long and everybody's working overtime and you know you're just you're working against the clock and you know that's kind of the result and I was shocked that it actually made it through um, but y- you can tell this was probably one of the those situations where they were just really under the gun and uh, and that's one of those things that didn't get caught and you should catch that in QA You know what I mean? But obviously they they had to hit the release button when the money ran out or the time ran out and you just get the game that you get.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate thing. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about a game that I'm playing called Dragon's Crown. Have you heard of it? I haven't. So Dragon's Crown uh, came out, I want to say, in 2014 or 2015 on the Vita and the PS3. And it was recently re-released on the PS4. It's a definitive release edition. Um, you know, you could, I think it came out in May, I want to say. And so this is a game that's similar to actually a game that you hooked me up with about a year and a half ago. It was called Shadows Over Mistara or Shadows of Mistara, I think. Yeah. Is that ringing a bell?
1: Uh, it, it <laughs> name rings a bell why can't i think of what that game is though so
0: you da- so you it's an old it's an old school game i don't know what platform it was for originally oh but basically yes
1: it's a side yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, it's a, based yeah. on dungeons and dragons it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up and it, you can do four-player couch co-op and we, i did a port of the rom onto my computer and then connected a bunch of PS4 controllers to my computer and then connected the computer to the TV just to make Buddy, this thing you, happen. you went to effort. You went to yeah, effort to make that I shit happen. And it was a great so game. so bad.
0: Yep. It was a great game. So it was, again, side-scrolling, fantasy beat-em-up, and this is exactly the same thing. So... I'm playing it on the uh, on the Vita, which has a couple limitations, and I'll describe those in a minute, but functionally, what it is is you'll go ahead and create yourself a character and your you know your your companions can do that also, and you work your way through a relatively vapid storyline where you're in the town hub and then you're going off on missions and different you know um, basically different levels or stages that you can go to now, you can choose between, a, I think, five different classes. You can be like a barbarian or whatever, a, a wizard or a necromancer or whatever, right? And first and foremost, the graphics are hilarious. They're so over the top, like they're stylistically beautiful. They're very nice graphics, but they've taken some, let's call it liberties, with the female form in this mm-hmm. game that that borders on that so borders they on They made explicit. liberties to
1: make it more conservative and and you know less ostentatious, right? that's right yes
0: everybody is in full chain mail high collars um, bandos uh, there's no cleavage uh, it's exactly the opposite of what I've described it's turtlenecks it's for
1: everyone
0: turtlenecks for all in this fantasy setting um, I'm playing a barbarian whose buttocks her buttocks are like the size of two cannonballs that's all like this this woman's poor buttock like there's, there, you can't sit on those butt those butt cheeks impossible <laughs> you know, they're those, strictly they, there to they aren't sitting cheeks no, they're not sitting cheeks. They're a rear attack method. They're like, you know, you, you, you bounce, you do a little flex behind and you've knocked out a whole colonnade of, uh, of charging orc, orc enemies. But um, it's it's comical. But at the same time, the art style is graphically quite amazing and they've done a beautiful job. So you're, it's, it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a side scrolling beat up you're rolling through levels, you're chopping people with your your axe or your your magic or whatever. What makes this game really great is that there's a very in-depth customizable leveling system. So, a, you're getting randomized loot all the time. So, you know, generally it's a pretty easy choice between do I want to take this weapon or that weapon? This one tends to be a little bit better, better damage. Or at least that's where I'm at so far in the narrative, but you can unlock skill trees, you know, you can unlock new abilities that allow you to kind of customize your fighter in the way that you go through the level and and the different moves you can make and of course it's four player co a couch co-op if you're playing by yourself um, you can enlist adventurers that you it's kind of funny you actually will go through the levels and pick up piles of bones and then go back to the temple and like raise them and they'll become your new companions you can choose from it's kind of strange but that's how it goes Um, and dude like I've not had this much fun just smashing through hordes in a long time like the I can I can see, by the way, how it's improved 300 million times by having couch co-op. I haven't done that yet because I'm on the Vita, but the experience of of kind of just chowing through these levels. The storyline in between doesn't matter Doesn't make sense who cares you just want to get back Into the level but you know There's interesting enemies with neat Abilities they disappear like for example There's some ghosts that you have To pick up a torch to kill If you try and kill them with anything else they're not going anywhere But if you pick up a torch you can burn them To the ground and and get moved past them Um, You know there's enemies that Come you know fall from the sky There's enemies that have movement tricks There's enemies that'll hold you It's just overall a really neat Game with a lot of variety to it. A couple things that are bumming me out a bit it tends to chug a little bit on the Vita, which is uh, just when you're playing an action game like that, you'd never want to see like a frame slowdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, and I'm hoping, I don't know for sure. My assumption is is that's probably not the case on the PS4 because obviously it's a much more powerful piece of hardware. Uh, But that on the Vita kind of put a little bit of a damper on my excitement. But the amount of customization you can get in this game and like, again, the teasing of being able to play on the couch with a bunch of friends means I'm 100% picking this up on the PS4. Probably not a Vita title I would recommend unless I mean, I'm still having fun doing it. But if you have a PS4, get it on the PS4 for sure
1: i'm looking at it and you know this is one of these uh games that has that that sort of um anime art style um and you're not you're not kidding the the gams on this particular uh lady are she looks like a linebacker from the waist down um <laughs> she's got some yeah. serious legs on her um and uh, her breasts are larger than her head that's that's how you know you've gone too far
0: the wizard, specifically the female wizard, is just a tr- a real triumph. She's fine when she's walking, like it's ostentatious, but when she's running, she like sticks her hand up in the air and like holds her staff out or something, and it's just, boy, there's, th- there's no mistaking it. This is intentional. Yeah, they're like, we know, yeah. we know what you want. We know, we 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 know. <laughs> we
1: know. And it looks like there's some humorous. pretty serious boss showdowns
0: in this game. Yeah, oh yeah, the bosses are, so that's another thing The bosses are awesome They're fun, they don't feel like a meat grinder You know how sometimes you get into a, you know, um an action RPG or, or even a game like borderlands is probably the biggest offender where you're just, you're wailing on a boss for so long doing the same goddamn thing and chipping away at their health and, and trying to manage your resources to get through the fight. I don't find that a ton of fun. Bullet you know, I want to fi- style. Yeah. Yeah. But bullets, that's just, and destiny actually is a big offender for that. Also yeah. uh, for me, you know, I want a boss fight to be higher level of difficulty throughout, but Um, You know not last 10 minutes like if i'm if i'm getting my hits in let me do some damage right and this game really strikes a great balance on that you know i can watch the health bar go down as i'm hitting it right and to the point where and i think this is really the hallmark of a good boss battle the options that you're weighing are not your resources but how many hits can i get in before i have to get out you know, yeah. it's yeah. almost like a push your luck mechanism where, you know, can I get it? Can I land another combo or is that going to seriously compromise my health or seriously, you know, screw me in the end? And I really like that because moment to moment you're deciding, do I gamble on taking another swing or do I jump out? And that, um, yeah, that in this context just makes for a really fun brawler game. I dig
1: it. This is this is a play for sure. Yep.
0: It's a play. It's a play for sure. Speaking of play, uh, nope, got nothing. How about the smoke sash? Feel like yeah. that? Feel like that? Let's play yeah. the smoke sash. Want to play the smoke sash? Want to dial it up to 11 and smoke on some ganj?
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, spin that wheel raggedy, man.
0: Let's, uh, let's go down this path. Herbister.
1: Let's take our trousers off and do a dance.
0: Smoke sash. No 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 no. Smoke sash. Hey. We have arrived. Ah yes, ready to go. Buddy, holy mackerel. I just realized how tight on time we are here. We do we do tend to go on, don't we? Yeah, it's hard to get us to shut the fuck up. Buddy, let's hyperspeed into this smoke sash here. Um Okay. Okay, so I've got some wedding cake today, which is just sounds delightful. Just sounds like a wonderful experience. Now, this wedding cake is making me a little sad here all alone in my hotel room. <laughs> I, feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like it was the wrong. I feel like uh, <laughs> solitary isolation or you know social loneliness would have been a better strain to smoke on this evening. But let's go with wedding cake. Why not? Um, it's distillate, though. Have you ever had distillate before? No, I have not. So I don't know the process that they go to to make distillate. Uh, it's a very a highly viscous. Wouldn't I think the they word? distill it. Maybe you're welcome. Either way, it's 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 like a it's an extract. Of course, um, it's a lot more liquidy. Right. Uh, I was gifted this by a friend down here in Vegas, so I'm excited to give it a give it a roll. Um, it's uh, it's in this little cartridge, so I'm gonna vape on it, and we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. I don't have a nug to look at, so I'm kind of missing that right now. That's that's my favorite part of the of the pre-smokes ash uh, ritual. But can I smell it through the cartridge? Let's see. Smells like
1: smells like my fingers, <laughs> like a plastic apparatus. It smells like a shoe. Oh wait, that's the shoe <laughs> right in front right. of
0: me. Yeah, I don't think we. <laughs> it definitely smells like shoe. Actually, the the bad part is is that I don't even smell the shoe any longer. It's just there. It's
1: part of you now. Yes, my
0: nose well, will never be the same. What about you? What do you got,
1: buddy? On the uh, in the conversation of gifted weed, I have a nug from my sweet neighbor who's dropped me off a, a delicious crown here. It is um, della Hayes, uh, also called luminarium. And uh, this is this is about a um, acorn-sized crown. It's been broken off the top of a of a, a delicious cola. Um, it is uh, very. It's you know, uh, fluffy, um, crystally. The hairs are sort of freed from the bud. They're sort of waving at me. Um, you know, it's green and white. Uh, it kind of has a little bit of a white widow look to it. Under the nose. It smells like my fingers and sort of a sweet citrus, sort of a tropical fruit vibe, with a little bit of like 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 actual lime in the back, very specifically. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's um, fudgy as all get out. Um, this was gifted Ooh. to me a little while ago, so I'm excited to drop into it. I've also Dude, been this inf- isn't
0: fucking cool, man. I don't want this distillate shit. I want a nice
1: nug. There's something to be said, right? I mean I it's like my hotel room melancholy going on right now. You're really I just need I'm a comfortable sending you mug a, to hug. I'm sending you a hug across across the world. And fun fact, you're in Vegas, so you could come across a hug pretty pretty cheaply. Dude. Nothing, eh? <laughs> Nothing. No. No, okay, no. Great. All right. Yikes. So moving right along, um, I've also been warned that this is a real. Actually, you know what?
0: I would be the kind of guy to come to Vegas and pay someone for a
1: hug. <laughs> I gotta, you know, the, the just want a nice hug, man. That's it. I don't know if it's like uh, it's refreshing and like gives us faith in humanity, but um, you know, if you if you read anything or, or um, you know uh, have heard anything from professionals in the industry, there are a lot of people that are paying escorts or call girls just for like company and someone to listen to how are we on this topic right now i got it got oh i'm so i'm depressed now (laughs) this light (laughs) podcast is over jesus let's go ahead and smoke some weed and stop talking about that um Um, although i really could use a hug listen tammy i know you want to shake that thing but can i just tell you about my day
0: (laughs) i'm so ugh.
1: So bad. All right. Um, well, let's so, yeah. release this on the internet. Yeah, that let's get like that out idea. there. Yeah. Um, so, by hey, the way, family. Hi, mom. <laughs> so this. Thank uh, for been hugs told, in Vegas. Hey, Andy, shut up. Um, <laughs> this uh, I've been told this weed <laughs> is uh, is a heavy hitter. So I'm prepared to be knocked onto my butt here. And I, I just have had two f- felines walk in the room. So they're into they're into what I'm rolling up. Oh yeah. How much are you gonna pay them for a hug? Uh, you don't hug them, buddy. They got claws. <laughs> Yikes. Um, did you want, to, do you want to blaze down first?
0: Oh, I'm already... Yeah, I, boy, I don't know. I just started pulling on it. Wow, amazing. I did completely ruined the whole ceremony. Let's do you not I remember have... how we do this thing? We do I, a podcast every week my mind.
1: called the Purple Dungeon Squid. You <laughs> okay, just here got, we go. I'm starting. You just got sad and you just started smoking. Oh, oh all right buddy so do you want me to read you a little bit about wedding cake yes go ahead so today's uh today's leafly description is going to be brought to us by our old friend jeremy irons jeremy what is wedding cake wedding cake also known as pink cookies is a familial genetic cross of girl scout cookies and cherry pie This delectable treat is rich and tangy, with sweet earth and pepper, taking notes and dimension from its OG and Durban poison parentage. Enjoy this double dose of dense darkness with care, as certain farms have noted THC content upwards of 25% or greater.
0: Oh, wow. Huh, I've been puffing on this one pretty. Because the thing with distillate, uh the thing with distillate brain 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 brain, brain. <laughs> thing with distillate is that it's coming to me it it hits a little lighter, sure than smoking a bowl right um but uh boy, okay, so the flavor notes on this um, I just get s- here's the thing about distillate. the flavor I don't find is quite as pronounced no boy i I just all I'm getting is t- I'm getting like a sweet taste, right, a little sweet. Yeah. Um. And I, not much else. Pretty one-dimensional flavor note. Um. That being said, the feeling's nice. Uh, I've got a nice, nice tune on. Let's say, a little muscle relaxy. Uh, da, 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 da da How am I feeling, Dan? Tell me how I'm feeling.
1: I. Uh, you, you sound. You sound joyfully lost. Yeah. Boy, do I ever
0: feel that way. Yeah. I mean. So I will say this. Um. Deceptively smooth. Came on strong. And uh. Yeah. Just. Just wishing for that hug more than ever right now
1: there you go buddy well let's not let's not bum everybody out shall we
0: (laughs) so i will i want i want to read a little review here from damn hanala Uh, About wedding cake. She says, it's me and my husband's 13-year anniversary today, and we wanted to get something to smoke together. This was a great choice on this special day. Aw, isn't that nice? Happy anniversary, damn Hanala 12. We smoked a gram joint while staring out at the waterfront watching boats and seagulls and jellyfish and other weird creatures that we're still not sure we really saw. Nice. okay there's a plot right. twist i blanked out for about a minute contemplating whether that jellyfish was really an octopus <laughs> right okay because that'd be cool so yeah mm. recommend now we're eating tacos sweet <sighs> i want to go to there where they are i want to do there. you know what man hell with the hug i think tonight's
1: a taco night tonight is it uh tacos are a hug you give your mouth uh, isn't that right?
0: Isn't that yeah. right? Go ahead. What are you uh, what are you smoking on, buddy? Della Hayes?
1: That's correct. So I'm just gonna hop right in okay. here and we're gonna we're gonna Della Hayes going through
0: to the by other side. Paradise Seeds is a 70% sativa strain. Good luck on a bed. Bred from Mango Haze in California Lemon Skunk Genetics. To the delight of commercial growers, Dela Hayes has the energetic effect profile of a haze sativa, while still offering sizable yields and a moderate flowering time mango and citrus notes express themselves loudly and bring a spicy overtone to the strain's earthy spicy aroma sweet overtone I have staying true to its go I have never staying true to its go (laughs) staying true to its haze genetics this sativa delivers uplifting cerebral energy that fuels creativity focus and happiness and then tapers into calm
1: relaxation in time um Boy, it started with that sweet um, citrus, and then the spiciness came out, and that's actually a unique flavor profile. That's I've never quite experienced that before. Really, really interesting and unique. That pepper flavor comes up through the back of your throat as it finishes, uh, and I haven't I haven't experienced that before. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting strain. Cool. Are you
0: feeling it? Are you digging it? Are you getting that uplifting cerebral energy?
1: Yeah. Uh, top front of my forehead is getting light and frothy and uh i feel as though someone's put a crown of light into my third eye and i'm starting to become more one with the universe yeah nice also cool also i would like a cheeto now as well on the side now oh man you and cheeto me both time. buddy you and me all both all right
0: cheeto time all right let me uh let me just say something cool here <laughs>
1: Let step me, aside everyone I have step a cool aside. thing to say
0: I've got something cool to say folks um the UK is the latest uh governmental body I uh, mm-hmm. think UK is not a governmental you know what I'm saying you're doing great you're doing those great folk, those folks with their HP sauce on Parliament Hill yeah. um have have uh, begun to uh, put the plan in play put, turn the wheels of fate good god focus the brain uh Mm, I'm just going to go ahead and read what this article says. After public outcry, medical marijuana is finally coming to the UK this fall. That's right. And that is freaking cool. And the story behind it is really amazing as well. So um, this, you know, the, the movement forward on this campaign is being uh, is being quarterbacked, I believe, by Sajid Javid, who's uh, the home secretary, which sounds like a very British way of saying someone who's massively in power on some sort of Good God. Oh, Andy. Okay. Andy. Bullet to a target. Get there, buddy. Bullet, get it let me get there. So um Fun- so there was a, a young lad, 12 years old, Billy Caldwell, epile- epileptic child, made global headlines uh, because the British Customs Authority seized his supply of CBD medicine. So there was massive public outcry around this incident to the point where the um, chief medical officer, i am I getting my, my facts right here? Uh, Either way, the Department of Health in in the UK issued him a special permit to retain his CBD. Same thing happened with another epileptic boy, Alfie Dingley, uh, shortly thereafter. And um, now this, again, uh, home secretary is... um, uh, launching an inquest into the medicinal benefits of cannabis and CBD specifically. Um, right now, it's, of course, a Schedule I drug, just like it is in the U.S. It's it's set to have no federally under, uh, recognized as having no medicinal benefit or no benefit in general. Um, and, yeah, they're looking to, uh, you know, classify cannabis or uh, cannabis products as medicinal sometime in the fall. So this is the next jump on the on the wagon of of cannabis as a healing property. I love this story, man, cuz it it's it happened so quickly. Like we we heard inklings that there might be that the UK might be considering um a cannabis program or a medical program, but everyone seemed to think it would be way in the future, and here we go, there's something on the t- shouldn't say on the books, but pretty
1: strongly um coming down the pipe for the fall. So, Andy, you know, I just, I if you want to get some quick action, you you take away a 12-year-old boy's epileptic epileptic medicine and you take a guy that hasn't had a seizure in 300 days and then you know falls right back into serious seizures i mean that's that's national attention and the myth that that marijuana is some great evil to be you know we need to be protected from is slowly lifting off one and all it's it's, it's very much like a global awakening of knowledge so uh it this is going to be the thin edge of the wedge because the need is so dire for some of these real humans that uh uh you know it opens the conversation and uh it, i'm you know i'm surprised that it wasn't already medically allowable in the uk i wasn't aware that it was pro prohibited for medical purposes did you know that uh yeah
0: i did you know i know it's actually funny i was when i was in amsterdam a couple months ago i was speaking right. to a british gentleman on the patio of the greenhouse and he was absolutely floored by the fact that you know cannabis was becoming legal in Canada and that it was going on in the US because in Britain cannabis is still very much like at least from what this gentleman told me and he was a pretty you know wealthy well to do 28 29 year old who you know was a working professional had a good job was sitting there smoking a joint in a suit I don't know <laughs> whatever um, but you know he's telling me that is so taboo in his household in his community you don't you just don't tell your parents or let people know that you smoke cannabis it's just not a thing right um, so so you know, it, it seems like there's been a lot, again, I, that's that's anecdotal, but this is very clearly a large step forward. And uh, from all accounts or from this account specifically, um, it seems like a very large step forward indeed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, the Commonwealth countries take this hard line on quote unquote drugs, right? Um, so right. That, you know they just they treat they treat them all the same and you know, obviously problematic. Lumping cannabis in the same category that you put heroin, you know. um, But uh, this is this is the this is the compassion element of it, you know. Because you can be against it all you want; it can be such a taboo, it can be culturally sort of uh, excluded from what's the norm. But you you see the effect like this on on a on a twelve year old kid, you know. Just it moves people to take action. Hundred percent, man. But you know, to be
0: honest with well. I guess it's not fair to say in the U S that it hasn't had like, cause there's been many accounts of this kind of healing going on. Um, but you know, it's true. I think most States at this point, I think it's like 49 out of 50 States. Don't quote me on that, but I believe 49 out of 50 States have a medical program at the moment. So it's just, it's amazing, buddy. This is like, this is like what the last, three to five years of just, of just advancement. And here we are, you know, Canada is going to be recreationally legal in October. Um, you've got the States, of course, uh, at the state level, uh, reinforcing, or at least it seems to be reinforcing the States rights to govern, um, cannabis and its distribution. It's a, it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's harder to carry out a global lie, like the myth of marijuana danger in a in a, this day and age where information flows so freely. Uh, and they, they made a they made a real a real full court press, you know, with uh, uh, all the propaganda they put in place to convince people that <laughs> in the US, especially that, you know, uh, weed leads to the devil. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a straight path.
0: Yeah, man. Now listen, I've talked to the devil about weed before. He's down with it, but that guy's a
1: dick. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think the Belzebub smokes on the regular? What's his strain of choice? Belzebub? Ooh, I've got to say it's whatever. What did you smoke a little while ago? Black
0: Death or some shit? <laughs> yeah, Black Death. It was literally called Black Death. I'm pretty sure that's Belzebub's strain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one.
0: I think that was an that was an easy layup. Um in other news, California is destroying three hundred and fifty million dollars worth of weed, and I get it, and I'm very much in support of you know regulation of cannabis. I like the idea that the weed i'm going to be consuming is tested. I like all of that stuff, but boy, does it ever seem like a sad story to just destroy uh you know three hundred and fifty million dollars
1: worth of weed? Does that ever break your heart a little bit? when a bureaucratic you know uh move slays that much good herb and you know it's good herb too, and they they were rushing to get it in the the correct uh, labeling. It's a big thing. Uh, the that everything I mean, has to be months, labeled. That, to there's be so much weed going like the traveling, and you know they can't have more than a certain amount in a package, and everything needs to be packaged and labeled with all the quantities and the potencies before it gets to the retailer. Um, you know, you saw all these all these dispensaries with. Uh, massive sales (laughs) on like two dollar grams uh and you know serious serious discounts trying to move this green before they had to burn it uh and uh, they just couldn't get rid of it all you know it's a good time to stock your freezer um you know full freeze weed oh yeah buddy yeah yeah
0: it's that's like weird people who freeze cream like that shit's just not for freezing freeze cream People freeze cream. They're like, oh, we're going on vacation. Put the cream in the freezer. That shit's weird. Put the cream in a freezer
1: sounds like uh sounds like a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. You know what? We they uh, keep... th- th- yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> got to say Yeah. Yep. Got some for me? Hit me. Uh what
0: about the yeah. yeah. So this it just feels upsetting. What about like I don't know what if you took all that surrendered what if you took that 350 million dollars worth of weed got the government to test it and then i don't know anything that passed muster you went ahead and sold it for like a social
1: fundraiser of some sort you're right you're right andy the government should have got involved because they when they get involved everything goes great and then you're right they should have given it out as a community outreach reach program Yeah, The government should have given out at Halloween. Like, you you know, you knock on the door of like the IRS at Halloween and they give you a big peg. You know what? The U.S. military should have seized it and they should have para dropped it all over the Middle East. That's the move.
0: I mean, if that happens, just saying, one way ticket to uh,
1: (laughs) Abu Dhabi. But wouldn't that be a great? Like, uh, US foreign policy move, like everywhere that they're currently maybe bombing, um, and they're looking at a random. Abu Dhabi's in the UAE. I don't, I don't even know why I went Abu Dhabi. I don't know why you did either. I'm trying to gloss over it as hard as I can. Um, and yeah. just airdrop this $350 million worth of Kush just everywhere. I think it would improve s- yeah. the situation globally. What do you, what are your
0: thoughts? I think, I think we need a government official, we need to dress him up as Santa Claus with a green beard, and he needs to fly in some fancy contraption over the United States, throwing bags of weed down to the people below.
1: I love this. I love this.
0: Fully off the rails. Fully off the rails. What about returning it to medical? Like I, Again, I don't know how the, the US uh, medical program works, wh- who it's distributed by, but I, just, I feel like there's a use here, man. It's it's a, a diplomatic. You get a gram error. with your tax bill. That's that's it, it. Your tax return comes with a gram.
1: It's a lo- it's a logistical nightmare, and you know it when they're like, just burn it and videotape it. That's they had to record the fact that they're destroying it, right? So, <laughs> they just uh, you know they just go. It's easier if everybody just burns what's not up to code, and everyone's like, all right, yeah, Ugh. well. A second
0: of silence for our fallen, destroyed weed. Mm. The buds are in a better place now. Yes. Um, Splatoon. Interesting little development uh, recently. So here's the thing, Dan. Anytime you get a solid game that everyone wants to play online, there's going to be that nice little uh, subsection of the community that goes, goes all dickhead on everything and, and decides to you know, hack and cheat their way to glory. Um, and Splatoon is no exception. There is a, there's a, a real plethora, a real issue with hackers, uh, hacking their way up in the leaderboard to strengthen, strengthen their collective e Um, and you know, there's a gentleman and I don't have his name and I don't have the article called up, but he, um, this is an article from Eurogamer. He, um, hacked his way into the, what the top four spots? Was it of the, of the leaderboard in Splatoon?
1: Yeah, so basically, cheaters have been running amok all over um, the Switch since it's been uh, modded. Um, so there's a lot of access for for hackers to do their things. One of the downsides of uh, you know your device getting jailbroken, uh, and to bring it attention to it, uh, what this guy had done is um, how ha- ha- hack the top spots in the leaderboard. I think he made it say. You know, please fix cheating problem. What did he say? But it was, you know, basically a call out to Nintendo um, to look at this issue. And um, Nintendo responded by banning him. I mean, listen, of course, you have to ban him. Please add anti-cheat is what he said. Please add anti-cheat. Obviously, you have to ban him
0: but yeah. and, and like it's an honorable ban. I'm pretty sure he knew he was going to be banned. So that's fine. Yeah. It, it's 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 tough, man, cuz it's easy to like lay at it at Nintendo's feet and say, you know, they're not doing enough or whatever, but at the end of the day <sighs> I don't know of one competitive community online where cheaters haven't found their way in in some way, shape, or form. Like, look at PUBG, man. PUBG is just dying on the friggin', dying on the spear of uh, of cheaters, completely eviscerating their game. Now I don't know how bad it is in Fortnite, but I'm pretty sure that that's an issue there also. Um, it's and it's unfortunate. It's sad, you know, because ultimately it undermines the very real hours of of expertise and learning that the legitimate gaming community has to go through to become good at those games. And boy, I don't know what the solution is. I don't, I doubt there's a silk, like a magic bullet for Nintendo to flip a switch and suddenly
1: cheating is no longer an issue. Um, N- Nintendo's prob- been caught flat footed, right? Because they didn't expect this to be a problem because they had a closed source system on their hands, which gives you a lot of protection. It's one of the advantages over console uh, versus your PC. Uh, and they got caught flat footed because that was circumvented. The machine's been hacked and, you know, now they got to react. There are some off the shelf, plug it into whatever software you're running to solve for cheaters. Uh, I can't think of the names of them off the top of my head, but they all have their own implications when being woven into the game. Uh, and the, you know, the devs have to, have to look at that. Um, and you probably are going to see some, some method for solving for this, uh, across the board they may you know they, I've heard word that um, switches uh, have risk have risked getting bricked by some of these mods and that in the future there might be an update that that uh, ruins machines that have been modded so you know you, you take you take his chances
0: yeah I mean it, it's boy
1: <sighs>
0: it's a, it's so that is a mess it doesn't have a solution obviously we want less cheaters in video games or at least I'm I'm for that. I'd imagine you would be too, Dan.
1: Yeah, just it ruins the experience when it's an online thing. You know, if it's a single-player game, hack the ever-living snot out, if you like. I gotta say, when I play Shadowrun, I hack the save file, so um, my character has a bunch of flags that normally you'd only get one out. Of. So he's um, uh, a hacker, and he's a magic user, and he's a this and a that, just so I get all the the game branching options with one playthrough even if i don't take them it's just interesting to see what's in there Um, because you can play the game six times as each different class and investigate that all or you can just sort of bypass that so in in an online experience yeah hacking is a negative if it's single player you can make the game pretty cool
0: yeah gotcha 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 Uh, and i agree with you i mean um I was ne I still was never the guy who who went in and, and messed with uh, with it, even like back in the nintendo sixty four days I remember I got a game shark for my birthday or something like that, and I just never used it first of all, it felt to me too complex to use and secondly um, i don't know i just you know one one too many sleepovers of of people playing double o seven Goldeneye and having Infinite whatever bullets. I, I don't. I just it, it, the whole thing made me feel a little icky. It just wasn't what I. It felt like not playing the game any longer. I guess. But your, likes, your use case Andy makes likes a ton to of sense. to
1: play by the rules. The rules are there for extra fun. Everyone, we're not That's following right. the rules. How do we know if we're having fun or not? Speaking of what rules,
0: um do the 2018 Amsterdam Cannabis Cup has Boom. come and gone. Mid July. This is on my bucket list for something to attend. It is the home of the original Cannabis Cup. So this has been going on since 1988. The OG High Times Cannabis Cup started by their then editor in chief, still going strong today. And, buddy, like. I don't know. Something of having been to Amsterdam and really enjoyed my experience there. Several of the uh, of the of the coffee shops, the of course uh, where you buy your cannabis in, in in Amsterdam um compete with uh with their grown strains. For example, the Green Room, one of my well, my favorite spot in in Amsterdam is is doing that also. Um and the Boy, the, the 2018 Cannabis Cup, I'm just scrolling through the list of all of the winners. We'll read out a couple of them, but they just look scrumptious. They <laughs> just look amazing. Uh, winners of the seed competition, was the uh, first place was Gelato 41 by Field Extracts by Connected Cannabis. Uh, it's a beautiful little extract, um, which is actually interesting that they would allow this to be uh, entered into the competition given that extracts are illegal in Amsterdam, but uh, it looks lovely. The number one hybrid flower was biscotti by connected cannabis. Looking at this nug, it's this wonderful little uh, half of the nug is all purpley. The other half is this frosted delight. Ugh, looks beautiful. The, the lens number one indica use. flower. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the lens they use here is incredible. The photography is lovely, but uh, the number one indica flower, get this, buddy, it's wedding cake by phenol finder seeds. Hey, oh, there you go smoking on that uh, so now I can actually see what a, what a nug of wedding cake looks like really tightly packed little nug uh, got some very dark purple running through it um, super frosty looks like it uh, rolled down a rolled, rolled down a snow hill uh, and the number one sativa flower was Gelinade by connected cannabis connected cannabis taking that one also just cool man I want to be there I want to be there I want to experience this this looks incredible.
1: Yeah, they got things like edibles in the cannabis cup, and I was surprised by that. I didn't know they did edibles, and you see these these delicious looking things. They got a piece of oh, chocolate yeah. that's called amnesia for time bomb, and it, it, I'm sure this just blasts you into space. Uh, you, you know, it's funny, judging judging a um, uh, strain of flour feels like it's like a relatively simple thing. You smoke it, you give yourself some time, you let the effects hit you, you taste it. Edibles! That's got to be the most challenging uh, to judge, and what does it take you three weeks? Because like you eat one of these edibles, <laughs> you 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 are going to Mars. You know what I mean? It's like it's, and you can't really stack yeah. them. So no,
0: yeah, I don't know what you other than like the taste of the actual confection. Like this amnesia for time bomb first place. It looks like a chocolate truffle of some sort. I mean, you taste it. It tastes delicious. It's amazing. And then, you know, three hours later, you're
1: just, just, just gone. Yeah. Just yeah. amnesia I mean, is apt, I'm sure. I'm looking at uh, the number three place, and it's a muffin called The Dolphin. And it's by Dolphin Muffin. And it's a chocolate cupcake, blue frosting with a, a dolphin gummy on top. And you got to ask yourself is that a regular gummy or is that.
0: Uh, you know, that's a loaded gummy, bro. Yeah, that gummy. Uh, it, that's a that's a that's coming in hot.
1: And the question is, is then could it be like just a normal muffin? Like, can I get away with just making a normal muffin or cupcake and just putting an edible gummy on top? Count Basically, it.
0: I just want to smoke a little herb and eat some delicious treats. Yes,
1: <laughs> I feel like I'd be a little let down
0: knowing that if I did uh, sneak a bite from the old dolphin muffin. I may not come back to Earth for another week. You
1: will transform (laughs) spiritually into a dolphin.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, there's no better place to do that than Amsterdam.
1: Speaking of coming in hot, I think
0: this is about time uh, for us to land this spacecraft, Danny. Uh, Listener questions or games you want us to play, email us, purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com.
1: And if you like what you heard today, Write your feelings down in a notebook, fold up that note, and slide it to a friend and say, listen to this hot jive.
0: It also helps if you've got a gun under the table, Greedo style. (laughs) Make sure you follow us on Instagram, at purpledungeonsquid. We do not condone violence, but hey, if you get us listeners, we're happy. Until next time. Keep it dank, my friends.
1: Fuck, I am high.